0: Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, may be difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode 34 of Blackbird. Ooh. I am, of course, your host, Sarah, and with me is my co-host, Jan. Hi. We sound like radio hosts now. Yes. Like we're oh, I've I've talked about it before, but we sound like Delilah. I know you don't know who that is.
1: I know I have a face for radio.
0: You're very handsome. We were just saying we feel like we haven't done this in a while. Uh you know, sat down and actually like recorded an episode because things have been a little crazy lately and we had the convention last weekend and it's twenty twenty, so Yeah. Who the hell knows what's going on anymore?
1: Blame it on the twine.
0: So we're here now recording Uh, probably two new episodes, because this is a long case that we're going to discuss and probably going to break it up into a part one and a part two. If that happens, we are going to release part one today and then part two tomorrow. So in lieu of having a new Psyche Saturday out today, we're bringing you episode 34, which is part one of, of this case.
1: 34A to be followed by 34L.
0: I'm thinking it's just going to be 34 and 35. Whatever, bro. <laughs> but I can put it in parentheses. I can make it a parenthetical. That's fine. And I'll put Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's 34A. Yes. Dan's 34L. Perfect. All right. So enough banter? Yeah. Okay. Oh, our lights just flickered. We're having a storm today, so. 2020. Hopefully we uh, we don't cut out on the, the mics and stuff. So... I had originally said that in our first episode of the month, the the live episode that we did for the convention, that we would be bringing you cases that revolved around the holidays. But this case that we're going to talk about today had some pretty major developments this week. So I I had been planning to cover it for a while, um, but I felt like now was the appropriate time to do it because it's so fresh. And um, I think that... With everything that's going on in the news with it, I think we should talk about it and, and again, get the discussion going, open the discussion about what it's about, and, and again, provide a safe place for people to, to discuss how they're feeling about the case, and then also their feelings about, um, themselves, uh, Dan literally doesn't even know what I'm talking about. I haven't even mentioned the case to him um, because I just feel like there's so much in this case that it, it needs to be... A lot of people already know a lot about it. I wanted him to come into it with a completely fresh mind, not knowing anything about it. But... Before we do get into today's case, uh, there are some updates from previous cases that we have covered that I did want to touch on. Um, so we're just going to go over that really quickly and then we'll we'll get into the the full case. So first, there has been another update with the uh, Gilgo Beach Long Island serial killer case. And actually, um, as of, I believe, yesterday, it was 10 years since they found the first body. It's been 10 years years. That's crazy. Year it doesn't feel like it's been that long. I know. It feels like it was literally like a year ago yeah. that all of this happened. Um they're still working on the case. You know, Commissioner Hart has still said they're they're working hard on the case. They're still trying to figure out developments um and they're 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 still they're relying on the public a lot at this point to help with the case because they really they don't know. Clearly, I mean, it's been 10 years and they have they have no idea who this person is still. Um, so with that, um, a few days ago, the, the Suffolk County Police Department released two more photos of the belt that they had found at the scene, which they believe to have been handled by the killer. Um, and the initials on it are H.M. or W.H., and they are seen at the end of the belt. So originally, earlier this year, I believe it was January, they showed us a very close up image of those initials because they were just trying to see if people maybe knew somebody by those initials that, you know, was maybe acting strange around the time that they were, you know, uncovering the bodies and all of that stuff, because that's what they tell the public to look out for. Now they have released the the, the pulled away shot. What is that? Not close up, but far away.
1: <laughs> Wide angle?
0: Sure. A wide angle shot um, of the end of the belt where the actual initials are. So you can see that it is now the shape of a belt. Um, one side of the belt is brown. One side of the belt is black. It looks like it's been worn. You know, it's a little like the black part of it is kind of like coming up off of the brown part of it. It looks like it's probably a leather belt. That's really all we know again. Like there's not much more going on it, but they're trying to see if the public can recognize this belt. So that's the newest development. Uh, We also posted the photos of that on our Instagram. So you can go to our Instagram at Blackbird Advocacy and see those photos. So the second update is a pretty big one. Um, This one comes from the three-parter that we did on Fort Hood. According to CBS News, Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy announced the firing and suspensions of 14 commander and lower-level leaders on Tuesday. This is a direct result of the botched investigation we covered into the pattern of sexual abuse, harassment, suicides, and murders at Fort Hood Army Base. McCarthy announced the firings in a press conference, stating, quote, I have determined the issues at Fort Hood are directly related to leadership failures. And according to The Intercept, as of October 23rd, there have been 28 deaths of Fort Hood soldiers at or around the base. Wow. So, so thankfully something has been done. Yeah. But too little too late. I yeah. Mean, and
1: still the fact that people are being murdered on an army base. Yeah. It's kind of crazy.
0: It's yeah.
1: Because like this is not even like combat action. This is peace. This is where no one should really be dying at all. Correct. If I were from that base and I'd be like, well, people are dying without getting shot at by bad guys. How confident am I going to feel being deployed with these people when there are actually bad guys trying to kill me?
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, You know, they are at least finding that it's an upper level thing. That the people who are in charge of all of this is not, they're not, they weren't taking it seriously. They weren't really investigating it the way that they should have. Which is what we were saying when we yeah. did our our three parter. That it, we have to look at the top. Yeah, if, absolutely. If, if the chain of command is not helping you, then how are you supposed to? Right. Get help.
1: Yeah, you know it's funny because there's this this thing in the military where. Yeah, you're a combatant first, even as a general or a colonel or a division leader or whatever. You're, you're a combatant first. But at the same time, when you take a promotion to these these kinds of command levels, you're an administrator too. Right. So you can't just treat it like, well, I'm just here to plan war. Because ideally, if you're doing your job, you're never at war.
0: Right.
1: And so that means that your job is entirely an administrative one. So you have to be good at that. You know, like um, in Band of Brothers, the lead character who's um, the, the name of the actor, I'm forgetting, he gets promoted a bunch. And at one point he becomes a captain of a division. And at that level, you don't really get in combat anymore. You're entirely an administrator. And they show that even during the war, most of his time is spent at a desk doing paperwork and stuff. And you can tell that he clearly doesn't like the idea of doing it, but he hunkers down and does it anyway. And so, yeah, as a military official, like, there's going to be boring stuff that you're going to have to do. And if you can't handle that, then get yourself bumped back down to sergeant, where you can be a leader who's in the field. If you can't, if you can't be an administrator, if you can't be a boss, if you can't worry about supplies and logistics and complaints and, and peacekeeping, then you shouldn't be doing it.
0: Right. All right. So you ready for our case?
1: Ready for our case.
0: Um, I do want to start with providing a trigger warning with this episode and also with the part two episode. Um, It does contain a discussion of suicide. Catherine Daisy Coleman was born March 30th, 1997 in Albany, Missouri to Melinda Moeller, a veterinarian, and Michael Coleman, a physician. Her family gravitated towards calling her by her middle name, Daisy, and rarely used her first name. She was a bright little girl, so it was only appropriate that the name Daisy stuck. In 2009, Daisy, her father, and one of her brothers were on their way to a wrestling competition when their car hit black ice and ended up in a ravine. Daisy and her brother survived the wreck, but unfortunately, her father, Michael, did not. Sometime after his death, the family moved to Maryville, Missouri, where this harrowing story begins. 14 year old Daisy was a varsity cheerleader and competitive dancer. She was a popular girl who loved to entertain and be a social butterfly. However, that all changed on the night of January 8th, 2012. According to Daisy herself, she and a 13-year-old girlfriend were invited over 17-year-old Matthew Barnett's house to drink alcohol. Daisy and Matthew went to high school together and would occasionally text each other back and forth, but did not know much else about each other. But she was warned by her older brother about Matthew, but did not take his advice and decided to go to Matthew's home anyway. When she and her friend arrived at Matthew's home, she was given a tall glass of a clear liquor and she passed out. Matthew then raped an unconscious Daisy. Daisy said of that night, quote, It was like I fell into a dark abyss no light anywhere, just dark, dense silence, and cold. That's all I could ever remember from that night. Daisy's mother, Melinda, had not known that Daisy snuck out of the house to meet a boy, but after the assault, she found Daisy passed out on their doorstep in 22-degree weather, wearing just a t-shirt and sweatpants. Her hair was frozen. When Melinda put Daisy in a bath to warm her and wake her, she noticed injuries near her genitalia and immediately brought her to a nearby hospital. The emergency department personnel confirmed Daisy had indeed been raped.
1: That sucks, man. Like, why... uh, Like, why think to, like, bring her home? Like, obviously you're a piece of garbage, but, like... Why bring her home? You know what I mean? Like, if you're trying to, like, for lack of a better term, do the right thing. Like, bring her to a hospital or something. They're not going to ask you questions. <laughs> like, why? You don't deserve to feel like you did the right thing.
0: Right. You
1: know what I mean? Like, well, I raped her, but at least I brought her home.
0: Yeah. He's a a piece of shit. Yeah. Piece I of mean, trash. I I have no other way of putting it. He's a garbage human. An absolute, absolute garbage human. Yeah. And, like, I can't imagine her mother, like finding her out there
1: i can't imagine it i i can't believe that she was um i can't believe that she actually had the strength of will to say okay let me try to help her out and then when she recognized that it was a sexual assault okay let me stop what i'm doing and bring her to a hospital right well like I mean, how are you not just hysterical at that point?
0: right that's the thing like you know? You, you know her mom was a doctor her dad was a doctor so okay they so have that mindset already they have but, that training but you still you're a parent first right so it's it's fantastic that she was able to have that instinct kick kick in that said, okay, I I need to right. think about medical concerns right now, um, rather than just oh my god, I need to hold my baby and and you know right. make sure she's okay kind of thing. Um, you know, y- y- it's it's probably difficult to get out of the clinical mindset and be a parent, or get out of the parent mindset and be. A clinician, so you know she she probably had these two ideals just battling each other, going you know what do I do? And and her instinct was, she's been injured, I have to get her to a hospital. Period. I mean, you know, not not only was she raped, obviously, but then she was left on a doorstep in sub freezing weather. Wearing like hardly any clothes, like her hair was frozen. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, she could have easily gotten hypothermia. Oh, yeah, easily.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, she so probably
1: did have mild hypothermia. She, she her may her have. core temp was probably 96, 95 degrees at yeah, that point. Yeah, she,
0: she, she may have, which is why Melinda put her in the bath. Yeah, you know, she needed to yep. try to get her to warm up, which again, good on her. Like, the instincts kicked in, right. as As a clinician, like, okay, what do I do? with with this patient that happens to be my daughter like well how do i help in this situation so um i i I, that must have just been such a terrifying moment you know to find your daughter your 14 year old daughter unconscious on your doorstep um like there but there must have been so many things going through her mind at that at that point um And then for Daisy, Daisy was, was unconscious most of the night and didn't even know what happened. So again, like I've, I've said this in other episodes, but like, I can't imagine waking up after that and, and not having an entire night in your memory where something completely horrible happened to you. It's one thing that it's good because you now, you can't necessarily remember that that happened, but you still have so much significant trauma because something did happen to you. And then do you have added trauma on top of that because you can't remember what happened to you and you have to rely on other people telling you what happened to you who may not even really know what happened? You know, she she goes to the hospital and she's having all of these doctors and nurses checking on her and, and probably giving her a rape kit and everything and then saying to her, like, oh, yeah, you have bruising consistent with sexual assault. Like, what? Yeah. I was sexually assaulted? Like, right. what? Right. I, I just... Matthew's a piece of shit Yep There's no other way to put it Piece of shit Yep That's
1: it It's the same You don't really hear about Asshole Matthews often Matthews tend to be good Good dudes Not this one Not this one (laughs) I think he got all the He got all the asshole
0: All the asshole All the Matthews For all the Matthews Exactly Exactly Well Matthew Barnett Was a star football player
1: Oh, there
0: you go. (laughs) From the same high school where where Daisy chaired. He was ultimately arrested and charged with sexual assault and endangering the welfare of a child. He admitted he had sex with Daisy, but claimed it was consensual. Of course. Of course. Easy way out. And he was recorded on his friend's phone as having said he knew she had been drinking that night, but he had sex with her anyway. And mind you, Daisy's blood alcohol level when she got to the emergency room was 0.13. Wow. Nearly two times the legal limit. Wow. And that's after all of that happened. I don't know the time frame, but that's significantly after she...
1: Right. So she was... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Completely impaired. Yeah. Cannot consent. Yeah. We say it all the time. If you are unconscious... You cannot give consent. Right. Period. There is no way in hell after this kid is admitting to having sex with her that night that he can claim it was consensual. No way. Yeah. That is not consensual. Nope. That is full blown rape. Period. Yep. What else needs to be noted, and you'll love this part. In this case was that there were two other boys there that night. Matthew's friend, Jordan Zek, who was charged with sexual exploitation of a minor. He had filmed part of the sexual assault against Daisy. And Daisy's friend who was wh- was there with her was also raped that night by another one of Matthew's friends who was 15 years old at the time. His case was settled in juvenile court. Ugh.
1: Which is ridiculous, because when you commit an act like that, you know full well what you're doing. It's not like you're a six-year-old and you honestly didn't know that taking your daddy's gun and pulling the trigger was going to kill someone. In those cases, yeah, that's a special case. When you're 15 and you rape someone and film it, you goddamn well know exactly what you were doing. Correct. You should be tried as an adult for that. You consciously made a decision that you know was harmful to another person.
0: 100%.
1: That's bullshit.
0: 100% I agree. But yeah, settled in juvenile court. And even though Matthew admitted to having sex with Daisy and was charged with sexual assault, the DA ended up dropping the charges against him.
1: Dropping them?
0: Oh, yes. Something you should know about Matthew is that he is the grandson of former Missouri State Representative Rex Barnett.
1: Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's why you get into government, to get away with crime. Exactly. That's what you do it for. That's
0: exactly it. It's not to help people.
1: Nope. Nope.
0: The charges against Jordan, the boy who filmed the ordeal, were also dropped. I wish you could see Dan's face right now.
1: What state was this? Missouri. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk shit about Missouri, but...
0: You're going to talk shit about Missouri. I'm going to talk shit
1: about Missouri. That doesn't (laughs) surprise me at all.
0: These boys' lives were able to go on as freely as they had begun, but Daisy's... Life came to a halt the night of her rape. Her torment and torture continued. She is sexually assaulted. She's basically left for dead almost. She doesn't even know what happened to her. The boy admits to having had sex with her, is arrested and charged. So she's thinking. Great, I might get some justice. Obviously, still there's trauma surrounding that, and they're you know sending this kid to jail isn't going to bring back her former life. But at least there's some sort of justice,
1: and not just that, but there is a practical result of that too. If someone commits an act like this and then goes to jail, that means that they can't do it to other people. Correct. So you know that's that's the primary reason why when if you get robbed, if you get whatever it is. You want that person to go to jail, not just because you're a bad person and you want revenge, but because this person going to jail means that they cannot continue to rob or rape or whatever other people. Right. That's why you put people in jail. It's not about revenge. Revenge is meaningless. You can't make the event unoccur, but you can st- prevent these people from doing it more.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And not only did Matthew... Admit to having had sex with her, but he actually told witnesses that he put a crying daisy. So she came to at one point and was crying. So she must have realized something terrible was happening that night. He put her in his car and then drove her to her home and left her on the front porch. He admitted to doing that. Right. So he knew he did something wrong Mm -hmm. and needed to rid himself of her right but somehow the da decided you know what this boy he really didn't do anything wrong we're gonna drop the charges
1: that's insane that's insane
0: how is that okay
1: it's not and it's clearly corruption there's yes. no other reason there's
0: no there's nothing else that there's, can there's be no said other
1: reason it. for that it's not like you can say well there was insufficient evidence or there were extenuating circumstances like no this is clearly just that you did someone a favor correct and you got away with it. Correct.
0: And there that's was what happens in evidence. middle
1: America <laughs> is there just there isn't enough visibility for this kind of stuff. Correct. So you can just continue to get away with it.
0: Exactly. Being that these were high schoolers involved and this was a small town, word spread very quickly about the accusations against Matthew. But of course, no one sided with Daisy. Instead, they bullied and belittled her every chance they could get. She was harassed on a constant basis at school and, of course, was told she was, quote, asking for it and would, quote, get what was coming. Wow. And according to Daisy herself, at one of her dance competitions, she saw a girl this pissed me off. She saw a girl wearing a shirt that read, Matt 1, Daisy 0.
1: Wow. That's a trash person. That's a trash person.
0: Yes. How horrible. She should have punched her right in the face. I wish she She should have punched
1: her right in the face, ripped the shirt off, and choked her with it. Don't commit murder. (laughs) No. (laughs) Hashtag not condoning violence. But she should have punched her in the face and choked her with a damn shirt.
0: How horrible. How horrible. What a
1: shit person. And you know what? This is the problem with kids these days. Yeah, right. This is the problem with humans, particularly in their teenaged years, is you're just becoming conscious of how you can hurt people, but you're not yet aware of the fact that it really hurts people. Right. That it's a bad thing. Right. You're just starting to compete socially Mm -hmm. by attacking others. And this girl just thought, oh, haha, this is funny. I'll get her. It's the same thing as, you know... Sticking gum on her chair or something, right. but no, it's not the same it thing. Not it's infinitely thing. worse, and you need to learn that lesson by getting choked at the damn shirt.
0: Bullying in any form is is a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah. Especially when you are bullying someone because you know that they are vulnerable and you know that they have been through trauma. Right. It's and that's, significantly worse.
1: And that's the thing, too. It, like, she was knocked out cold. It was. It's not one to zero. It, it wasn't a competition. She Correct. had no chance. Correct. Like, what did he win? He didn't win anything. He didn't win anything. It wasn't a contest. It wasn't a competition. What a loser. The town was what just a full loser. of garbage Probably people. sucks at football, too.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I saw his picture. He's an ugly kid.
1: Yeah, he probably sucks at football.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Matthew, you suck at football.
1: Yeah. You probably only play against people that you know are significantly worse than you, so you can feel good about yourself because you're a fucking loser.
0: I hope he's listening to this. I hope
1: he's listening to this. Bring it. #Notcondoningviolence. Hashtag not condoning violence.
0: No, but garbage human. You suck at football. You suck at life.
1: Yeah. Get wrecked.
0: Please. And thank you. Not only did this affect Daisy's life, but one of her brothers was even bullied, and her mother was fired from her what? job. As a veterinarian. What? Yes. This had such significant impact on her entire family that the trauma was just, it was too much. Yes.
1: I gotta hear the justification for that.
0: I actually don't know. I wish that I did. I could not find the actual reasoning behind why she was fired. All I kept seeing was that it was just that this case took over and everything that was happening to Daisy was just too much. And and I don't know if if maybe Melinda just wasn't going to work as much as she should have been because right. she was trying to take right. care of her child. right, right. Um, Or if people were harassing Melinda at work, because that happens a lot too. People could have been calling her job and harassing her over and over, yeah. and it just was became too much for the job to keep her there. I don't know the circumstances, but the fact that... She was fired as a direct result of what happened to her daughter is is also disgusting it, it's this this was such a high profile thing in their town like they her job knew the ordeal that she was going through and still said, "No, sorry, we can't have you here anymore." yeah, and she was the only provider for her family at that point because her husband had passed, right so like. It's just horrible. So they ended up moving back to Albany, Missouri in 2012 to attempt to rebuild. But rebuilding was not an option for Daisy at this point. She was so traumatized from the rape itself and by the constant barrage of blame that she began cutting herself and attempted suicide multiple times. She wrote in an article for XOJane.com, quote, I burned and carved the ugly I saw into my arms, wrists, legs, and anywhere I could find a room. In 2013, Daisy's case found renewed interest when the internet activist group Anonymous became aware of it and targeted Maryville, Missouri. Telling Mayor Jim Fall to, quote, expect us they stated quote if maryville won't defend these young girls if the police are too cowardly or corrupt to do their jobs if justice system has abandoned them then we will have to stand for them i love anonymous mm. i really do they've come in for so many sexual assault cases where the the town has be, been so corrupt. And um, there was another Netflix documentary uh, from Steubenville, Ohio. Again, a girl was raped and then bullied by her entire school. It was just, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And nobody in the town wanted to do anything. Everybody was blaming her. It, you know, these were star athletes again. So, oh, well... How dare you say bad things about these boys? They're good boys.
1: Right, they can throw a ball real good. Yeah. Well, congratulating Exactly. Who cares? Exactly. You can throw a ball good.
0: But it's a it's such a f- it's such a a sports athlete yeah. jock town. Yep. That that's all that they cared about.
1: That's all you have to aspire to. Yes. Is we produce people who are good at throwing balls. Yeah. That's pathetic.
0: So anonymous stepped in that an situation industry. too. They Users. were like, no, like how dare you say that these boys are upstanding citizens and that the 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 girl that has been so victimized by this entire thing is now being turned around as the perpetrator how dare you how dare you not try to get justice for her so anonymous has come in for a lot of these types of cases and obviously with with um with Daisy's case they they tried to also get it to the level of bringing charges again against Matthew and really trying to get a case going instead of just saying, no, never mind, we don't have anything to to actually charge him for. So we're just going to drop the charges. So they really were trying to push for the justice system to do the right thing. And so with that, in 2014, a special prosecutor was put in charge of reinvestigating the case, Matthew pleaded guilty to second degree endangerment of the welfare of a child for leaving her outside her home in below freezing temperatures. But there were no charges for the sexual assault at this point. There never were. Right. He was never brought up on those charges again.
1: Right. Because they just probably said, oh, well, you know, she she's just as liable because she had to participate in the act, even though she clearly was incapable of participating in any acts at the time.
0: Correct. So what do you think his sentence was?
1: So what was the charge exactly?
0: Endangering the welfare of a child, which is a misdemeanor.
1: No jail time, I'm thinking. Okay. Six months probation.
0: All right. So he was originally sentenced to four months in jail. Okay.
1: Okay. Which is still insufficient, Mm -hmm. but okay.
0: But then his jail sentence was suspended in favor of a lighter sentence of two years probation. Okay. (laughs) And that's it. That's all he got.
1: And I only made that guess because I knew it was going to be bullshit. Yeah, you
0: knew it was going to be a garbage sentence <laughs> right. and wasn't really right. going to mean anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now he apparently, I forgot what college he goes to, but he goes to some college and when people started finding out that he was at that college, people were like pissed at the college for allowing him right. to be accepted into their school. Right. So they've Oh, because he deserves backlash. a
1: second chance. I'm sure
0: he's a bullshit. great student. Bullshit. 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 bullshit.
1: Not, not with a crime like that. No. When you commit a murder or a rape- or no. or an act of violence where you completely destroyed somebody's house or their car. You don't deserve a second chance. No. A second chance is like, oh, I got drunk and drove and I really didn't think I was gonna hurt anyone. I didn't understand what I was doing. That's the kind of thing that you can learn from that mistake. Or you get into a you know, a fight at a bar and you 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 know, I'm going to put this in quotes, accidentally, like, really severely injure someone. Like, maybe you didn't really mean to do that much harm, so you des- you're you deserve the chance to learn your lesson from that. But when you rape someone, or you murder someone, or you cause significant property damage without being under the influence of something, you don't deserve a second chance. You damn well knew exactly what you were doing, and you thought you were going to get away with it. You thought it was okay. Correct. You're never going to think it wasn't okay. And
0: I always say it about rape, especially, because rape is that th- that crime... Where you have to understand what you're doing Mm -hmm. in that situation. If somebody is not consenting, you're raping them, period. It doesn't matter what other circumstances are surrounding that event. If they are not consenting to that activity, it is rape. Yep. Period.
1: Right. And it requires, again, it's not like... Let's say again that you're in, you know, you're in a bar fight or whatever, and you feel like you're losing the fight. So you just pick up a. You, the guy knocks you to your ass, and you fall to the ground, and you see a pipe, and you just pick up this pipe and whack him once, mm. and then immediately like, oh shit, yeah. and you and you cracked his skull open, yeah. and now he's got a cerebral hemorrh- hemorrhaging or whatever. That's an instantaneous thing, right? Whereas a sexual assault takes time. Correct. You have to sit there and consider what you're doing. And repeat an action over and over again. Correct. You have many, many chances and lots of time to think, like, oh, this is wrong and accept it anyway.
0: Correct. It's like when people <laughs> say, oh, you know, it happened by accident. Like,
1: how, <laughs> no,
0: it how does sexual intercourse <laughs> happen, happen by, accident. by accident ever?
1: Right. No, it's impossible. Uh, that, d- how? Yeah, no. How
0: are your clothes accidentally taken off of you? Right. How is something, whether it's an object or your body parts, right? ...inserted into somebody accidentally. Right.
1: No, it's There's bullshit. no accident. Right. No, these are considered actions. Correct. This is multiple decisions that you made to do something wrong. Correct.
0: <laughs> it's... It's bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit.
1: It's complete bullshit. That is a crime that does not deserve a second chance. No! You already had a second chance. The first... The first thing that you did... The first time that you closed the door on this person with them locked in the room, that was your first chance. That was your your chance to say, you know what? I don't like what I'm about to do. Right. You know, the second that you took that person and and grabbed their wrists, that was already a second chance at this point. You've now made the decision twice to do a wrong thing. You push the person down on the the bed or the floor or whatever. That's now a third chance that you've already had. Correct. You've had 30 chances and you've blown all of them.
0: And the fact that, okay, so like, listen, teenagers are going to drink. It just, it happens. It's part of teenage life. They go to parties, they drink. Sure. The fact that he brought her to his house, because I think he like went to her house and like picked her up. I'm pretty sure I read that he like specifically took them, took her and her friend to his home instead of them just like walking away there, Um, which I assume, yeah, because it was so freezing that night. I, I can't imagine they actually walked there. But anyway, the fact that he brought her to his home and gave her a tall glass of liquor. This wasn't like, hey, you know, let's loosen up. Let's all have a good time. Have a a shot. shot. Right. Yeah. A tall glass of liquor. Like he he knew. And she's 14. So like.
1: Right. So she doesn't know. She hasn't had that much experience.
0: Exactly. It's not like she's just like, oh, it's like a Sprite. Okay. So. He had to have known what he was attempting, mm-hmm. and and again, he brought her into one room. The other friend brought the the other girlfriend into another room. So this was a plan. Like this was yeah. This was clearly this a plan, and who
1: knows how many other times they've done it.
0: Exactly, exactly. So it just he rape is something that you you know what you're doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what you're doing in that situation, yep. and you can easily stop.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: So, again, shit human. Yep. Garbage, shit. Shit garbage. Shit garbage. If you couldn't guess, Matthew, and again, I hope you're listening, we hate you.
1: Yeah. You're a douche.
0: All right. So, I think now is a good time to end this episode. And we'll pick it up again for tomorrow's episode with part two. To explain exactly what happens after this point of Matthew being a shit garbage human and not being sentenced to a proper sentence for his crime.
1: Part L because he's a loser.
0: Yeah. So do you have any parting words for this?
1: Don't be a douche. Don't exploit people. Uh, Hashtag not condoning violence, but I hope you get punched in the face.
0: Perfect. Perfectly sums it up. So like I said, we did have a little talk about um, suicide in that episode. We will, unfortunately, be talking more about suicide in the next episode. So I do want to put out there that if you need to speak to anybody who are contemplating suicide or you know somebody who is, please, please reach out to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline and you can contact them at one 800 273 8255 or you can text home H O M E to 741 in order to speak to somebody from the crisis text line. And of course we are always available on our Instagram, um, at Blackbird Advocacy. You can reach out for resources, information, support, just a vent to talk, um, a- anything you need, uh, we will try to provide for you. And, uh, You can find us on all social medias. Uh, Our Twitter is Blackbird underscore pod. We are Blackbird and Advocacy Podcast on Facebook. You can find us on our Instagram, as I just said. And you can find us on all podcast platforms at our link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Blackbird Advocacy. And if you or someone you know would like to share a story on Blackbird, you can email us at blackbirdadvocacy@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So be safe. Be aware of your surroundings. Continue to social distance. Wear your masks. Wear hand sanitizer. Wash your hands.
1: Wear your damn masks, people. This is ridiculous. Yes. You hear us every week. Every week. <laughs> and it's just not getting done.
0: Nope not and uh we our county is the highest has the highest percentage of infection in the state in the state of new york so um wear your freaking masks and just just stay home yeah (laughs) like seriously here's the
1: thing we get it that some people have to go to work i've been going to work because i'm not independently wealthy i gotta go to work to make money to pay our bills but i wear my mask before I get out of my car, I walk through the parking lot in open air with a mask, which I don't really have to do, but why not? It doesn't hurt. I enter the building with a mask on. I leave the building with a mask on. And, and you the mask sanitize stays sanitize like every and half hour practically. And I sanitize my hands every time that I get up from my <laughs> desk and walk anywhere else yeah. and come back. I sanitize my hands. Yeah. Which you should have been doing anyway.
0: Well, yeah. Washing your hands is priority one for anything. I mean, that's that's literally what cuts down infection in every respect.
1: It's been a year, and we're still dealing with we're this crap. And, and we're still... Because people are at being another, dumb.
0: We're at another spike. Yep. So just please be, be aware of what you're doing. Be so responsible. Use your, brain.
1: use your brain. Be an adult. Yeah. Grow up.
0: All right. So with that, we will see you tomorrow with part two.
1: See you in the world of tomorrow.
0: Oh, goodness.
1: Well, it'll be tomorrow.
0: It will. Bye.
1: Peace. Hey, everyone. I am Nick. And I'm Russ. And if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well-informed, highly educated, and safe to share with your whole family, that's not us. Nope, it's not. But here at the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast, we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it. That we do. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Check us out at nickandruss.com. And find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more, including YouTube. Thank you, and I love you all. We are Pod Jerky, two Canadian buddies serving up multi flavored audio jerky in every episode. If you like good times, strong coffee, maple syrup, swamp donkeys, hockey, the outdoors, common sense, dogs, conspiracy theories, sports, and life in general, then subscribe and follow our podcast and check out our social media channel at Pod Jerky. Pod Jerky. Make it a double.